0: God bless. Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. Uh, What a strange Easter this is. Definitely one I think we will remember. I want to remind everyone that there are ways to still connect. And of course, you're not limited by the ways we are offering. I know many of you are still connecting to one another out there, so please continue to do that. But we do have Tuesday afternoon, uh, the meeting that's taking place online, the Zoom meeting. Uh, For those of you who are home with the kids, you can get together, encourage, and strengthen one another. Uh, Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock, we have a prayer uh, with Beth. Those of you can join in on the Zoom meeting there. Uh, We also have Friday, we are going to again have... Uh, time with Dr. Quinlan, uh, focusing on mental health. That's at 7 o'clock. I think we have 6.30 written down, but I think we're going to make it 7 o'clock to make it more available to everybody. Uh, and then Saturday morning with Ben and the men uh, at 9 o'clock. I don't know about you guys, but like days mean nothing anymore. It's like, I don't Tuesday, Sunday? I mean, I, we know this is Sunday and it's Easter, but days are all kind of blurring into this... Strangeness that's taking place. Um, and, you know, you ever get the feeling like you're just kind of floating and getting taken from one place to another? I was talking with uh, Randy and with Gil earlier just about how last week seems like a year ago. It, it just seems so long. It seems like so many things just keep unfolding where. It, time is just strange anyway uh, we do want to take hold and make the most of the times that we have and and that's what we want to do this morning i need to pause and i want to pray with you guys as we celebrate an important uh, day in our faith uh, the resurrection of christ and so let's pray together God, thank you for the opportunity to meet even through the technology that we have. And Lord, I pray that our time together, even though it is distant, it will be close. And I pray that the truth of what we are celebrating will show up in our lives in a very real and practical way. Help us, Lord, to lean again into you and allow your spirit to empower and enlighten us. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to be in Luke 24. Now, I want you if you can, I know this might be hard, but try to imagine being locked in your home and afraid to go out, afraid because it 's dangerous for you it's uh, it 's dangerous for your friends, your family and, and so you are hiding inside, and one day turns into two that turns into three, and you wonder if your life will ever be the same again, if you'll ever be able to to get back to work or some kind of normal life. If you can relate to that, then you can relate to Easter morning. You can relate to that resurrection day when the disciples were hiding for fear, where they were scattered, where they were not... Victorious and powerful. There were no lilies and palm leaves and all the decorations that go into Easter. I mean, our Easter decoration is this. We've got, this is it. We're celebrating Easter and we got a succulent. That, that's it, right? There was no fanfare. There was no hats. There was no fancy dresses. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of doubt, there was a lot of fear. And I think we are probably closer to actual Easter in what's happening right now today than probably we've ever been maybe before. And so I wanna look at probably my favorite passage concerning Easter and it's the road to Emmaus, you're familiar with it. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. says, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with, with each other about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still. Looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And there he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Am I alone in the feeling that sometimes God doesn't, understand what's happening or what i'm going through that god is asking a question what things what's troubling you and i'm like really you don't know what's going on don't you understand what's happening how we wanted to step into our community more by starting a business but you know what co spaces and quarantine don't go together. Don't you know that we were trying to step into the schools and help students that really had needs, but they're not even meeting anymore, and we have no way to connect or help these people that we were wanting to help. Don't you understand that last Friday, my daughter was supposed to be married? Don't you understand all the things that we're feeling and struggling And of course, we know God understands, but if you're like me, sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes there is no clarity in what I'm trying to get from God. And so it sounds like silence. It seems like distance. And when he asks, what things, what what are you talking about? To us, what seems obvious, well, everyone knows he's not distant, but he's inquiring. He's wanting to know more what's happening. And this was no small event for Jesus's followers. In verse 21, it says, we had hoped. There's a past tense. They weren't just bummed that they weren't going to be able to go see Hamilton on April 1st. Okay, I keep bringing my own grief into this, forgive me. They they weren't just sad because of things not working out. This was an emotional stock market crash, right? This was a religious faith collapse. This was finding out that not only did you put all your eggs in the wrong basket, now the basket was gone as well. This was your hopes, your dreams being dashed. This was a dark time of the soul. And this isn't just inconvenient. This is painful. And God, it feels like you're far away. It almost feels like you're just toying with us through all of this. And Here is Jesus present with them, and here they are in a desperate time and desperate situation. In verse 17, it says, they stood still, looking sad. I wonder what that countenance was. They're walking, they're talking, And he says what things, and then all the reminder of their hopes, their dreams, and the crucifixion come flooding in, and all they can do is stop. Maybe look down, maybe eyes well up with tears, maybe have a hard time continuing to speak because of the emotion of it, and they were sad. And there is Jesus in the midst of this sadness, and he doesn't say, hey, guys, it's going to be all okay He presses in with inquiry. Continuing in verse 22, the disciples go on and say, moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the term early in the morning and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, "O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. they had a hard time seeing what was happening because of what they believed. We are constantly looking for validation of our beliefs, of our emotions, of life itself. Everything gets filtered through our understanding or what we believe. And so we have an idea in mind and something is conflicting with that idea And it takes a while to calibrate what's happening now that this way of thinking, this way of life isn't working. So many times discoveries are made not because people are looking for something, but because they are interrupted by something. It's interesting some of the inventions and things that have happened. Microwaves, right? It wasn't found out, let's make a microwave. Someone, I forget his name, was actually doing some other research and then the chocolate in his pocket started to melt and he realized, hey, how did this happen? wonder what was happening to the rest of him, right? It's All of a sudden, it's like something strange is happening here. Let's find out what it was or what it is. What's going on? Penicillin, uh, Velcro, right? Someone walking, all of a sudden, finding these things connected to him, finds out how it happens, invents Velcro. Plato was originally used to take soot off of the walls. And they thought that the, their business would go to ruin because people started painting with better paints and using vinyl wallpaper. And who knew, it'd end up being a kid's toy, right? All these things were discovered accidentally. They weren't trying to find this, but they found it when things happened Unexpectedly. And I think that so many of these discoveries that are happening by accident while people are looking for something else is how life happens. I'm planning to live one way and all of a sudden things change and I'm having to live a different way. Their idea of Christ was a way that now was interrupted, disrupted. And so many times we talk about deconstructing our faith. It isn't for the purpose of deconstructing. It's for the purpose of reconstructing a faith that is stronger, a faith that is deeper, a faith that is relevant to us and the world and the God we believe in. You know, I I think so many times it's hard to get past these frames of thinking. You know, that's what conspiracies are. There's something called the Ramsey theory, and it's a mathematical probability that you will be able to find a pattern and place meaning to it given enough variables right if you were to take your favorite book and just make a giant word puzzle out of it like a giant rectangle and all the words in this book you would be able to find patterns in there because there's enough letters and enough connection where you could then start to put whatever you want, theories together. Oh, you know, the catcher in the rye was really foretelling the future. Why? Because here, look, at if you look this way and diagonally, it talks about whatever, right? There's enough variables where you start filling in the gaps with what you already are thinking. And when he says to them, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken He was trying to help them to see past their frame of thinking. Something else is happening and you're not with it. The prophets were talking about something. They were trying to unveil something. You didn't see it. And I wonder what we can uncover this Easter that we weren't looking for, right? What disappointment will be turned into discovery? What frustration can break into freedom? What hurt can turn into hope if we can just see things differently? To take our circumstances where we are physically distant, where we are limited. And so many capacities, maybe this is actually opportunity for a different way of thinking to start developing in us to see what God is doing presently. Continuing in verse 28, "'So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going to go farther.'" That just busts me up every time he acted like, I'm just going to keep going. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. There's something beautiful and unnerving about being surprised, right? It's great to be surprised, but it also puts you in an uncomfortable place. Congratulations, you're pregnant and having twins, right? There's something exciting and unnerving about that at the same time. It's like there's... Good news, and then there's the unknown. There's uh, what do I make of this? How do I put these things together? They weren't expecting this. We weren't expecting this. We're in a place that is surprising for us and it's uncomfortable. And when he says their eyes were opened, where have we heard that before? We heard that all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. Immediately their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. Here is a new opening, but they're no longer ashamed. They're actually restored and invited and brought in to a new life. I mean, think about what was the curse. The day you eat of this, you will surely die. And here they're breaking bread, their eyes are opened, and what Jesus is doing is offering life. Right? This is entering into something new. He is offering a new meal for us to share and to eat. And this is something that would continue in Acts chapter two. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the yeah. life together, the com- common meal and the prayers, right? They were committed to breaking bread together, celebrating this life that is now being offered to them. And so here the eyes are open, just like they were in the garden, but instead of it being open to their broken condition, they're being open to God's healing opportunity continues in verse 32 they said to each other did our hearts didn't not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road while he opened to us the scriptures and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. They told, they, then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. We have something very strange happening here, right? He's appearing to them, but then he's gone. He appears to Simon and then he's gone. There is a resurrection, but it's very strange how it's taking place. And they are so excited with this news that even though it was late, they went that same hour to go back because they had to share this good news. And what I find interesting here is not their excitement. It's that nothing had changed externally, right? They were still in the same outward circumstances that they were before. There was still danger out there. There was still the possibilities of... Persecution; they were still gonna go through struggles and we know that they were still gonna go through their lives without Jesus physically being present. Everything externally seemed the same, but everything was different. Resurrection is not just about having a new life it means new embodied life in god's new world when christ revealed himself to them when their eyes were opened they were opened more to just the fact that jesus was resurrected they were opened to the fact that something new was taking place and that they now had the ability to be part of what God was doing. That the kingdom of God was being open, was breaking through, was showing itself and that they now were able to live in it. You see, resurrection isn't just a celebration of what happened. It's a celebration of what is happening. It's a celebration that God's life is now given to us. And, and even as we broke bread on Friday and remembered, resurrection is a time where we remember that we are now a part of this life and work that God is doing. Everything is different because we see the picture in a different way. We we have a different story, a, a different frame. Our eyes are opened, but not into our nakedness and shame. Our eyes are open to God's love and forgiveness. Our our eyes are open to God's working and restoring all things to Himself. Our our eyes are open to something that's taking place, even though everything is just crazy. I couldn't even think of a word to describe what's happening around us. It's like cattywampus, right? I don't even know if that's a word, but I think I've heard that before. It's just things don't make sense, but everything has changed. And there is more clarity to what is happening, even though things are what they are. In World War II, the Germans would communicate... To each other in code. They had a machine that was called the Enigma machine, and this machine would take what they were sending a message and it would put it into code, and then they would get it to another machine that would uncode it, and they would be able to communicate without the fear of the allies interrupting that message or taking that message and translating it and knowing what they were doing. But then Alan Turing and other researchers developed the Bombay machine, and it was a huge machine, and there was a movie about this, which was then able to decode this secret message so that we could understand what the plans were so that then we could act. And it was thought to be, believed by some, to be the most significant event leading to the victory of the war was us developing this machine that was able to then uncode or decode what was being translated. You see, I I think what Jesus is doing in resurrection is giving us the Uncoded message of what God is doing. He, he's giving us the ability to see things differently. I, I know it, it's crazy. I know the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. I know that this quarantine and the idea of this lasting for months, it, it can be overwhelming, but maybe there's a way to uncode what was happening and understand that God is doing something in us and life is still being brought out through us how is it going to look it's not going to look like maybe a co workspace at least at this time maybe that will happen in a few months it might not look like us reaching out and helping the kids at, at the different elementary schools like we were hoping at this time but it's not stopping it, it, it's still at work he, he's still pressing into us and and questioning us when we're saying, man, didn't you know, God, what we were planning to do? And he says, what things? Well, we wanted to do this, and we were expecting this. And I, I imagine him saying, oh, slow of heart to understand. Our eyes need to be opened to the embodiment of resurrection in our lives, where the work of God is still happening in us, to us, and through us to the people around us. It's what it's all about. And it happens whether we are dressed up and meeting together for a giant celebration on Sunday or if we are in a prison cell or if we are in seclusion in quarantine. It is still happening to us. Our eyes just need to be opened to the revelation of what God is doing but maybe it's going to happen in a different way. Maybe it first has to happen more deeply within us. Maybe there has to be an uncovering and an opening of our eyes of what God wants to do in me. Maybe there is time right now for us to see things differently, for our paradigm to be shifted and maybe ways of thinking broken so that we can engage God more deeply than we have, where we're more dependent on him and less dependent on others, more dependent on him and less dependent on even podcasts or Bible studies, more dependent on his spirit and his work in us than we are the learning, right? Their hearts burned within them. The information was more than information. It was revelation. It it changed their paradigm and their way of thinking so that they can now see everything differently. And that's what resurrection is. It's life that allows us to see everything differently. And I want to lean into that. I I want to lean into that myself. And I want us to lean into that as a community in whatever ways we can. And as the Days turn into weeks that turn into months and things unfold and weeks seem like months that seem like years. We have the opportunity to see differently. We have the opportunity to live more than just a new life, but to embody a life in God's world. And what he is doing, even in a time of pandemic, even in a time of strain, even at a time of difficulty, even at a time where he is not physically with us, he is breaking through and opening our eyes to see how he wants to work in us. And so we are going to be leaning into this in the weeks to come. But I want you to hold on to this understanding that everything around us can stay the same. But everything will change when we see things differently. When we understand how near he is to us. When we understand that he is speaking. But maybe... We're slow of heart to understand how he's speaking. Maybe we have to listen in closer. We have to put our ear and say, what are you saying right now? What does this mean? Why is this happening? What am I supposed to do right here and right now? Because resurrection is a reality that we live in. It's not an event that we just celebrate that happened a long time ago. Oh, it happened, but it's happening. And we want to be part of that. Let's pray. Father, I feel so much like those in the story here. I can relate so much to this, not understanding what is going on, to being slow of heart and understanding, I, I find myself confused and questioning and groping to find your working in my life and in this time, and and it's unnerving, God. But it's also exciting because we know you are alive. We know that you are working we know our eyes are being open and as you deconstruct some of our thoughts on what was going to happen or how things should happen lord may we give you room to reconstruct how you want to work right here right now with each of us separated as we are but joined together the way we are And I pray for my family who is out there, Lord, who are going through financial difficulties, who are scared, who are hurting because they are unable to be with their loved ones on a day where we usually get together and celebrate and eat and enjoy each other's company, we are having to do this so distant, so fragmented. And it hurts and we miss the ones we love and we miss the things that we were looking forward to and and we were hoping for things, but our hope is in you. And so may you bring a restoration of hope at this time. May we see what that looks like and may we bring that to the world around us, we pray in Jesus' name. Randy's going to sing another song for us. May you realize and may your eyes be opened to the resurrection that you are a part of. May the life of God take root and grow in you. And may your hope be firm in Him through this time. God bless you guys. We love you. Take care. Hope to see you soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com, as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.